Blog Talk Radio. episode of the show. Joining us tonight is our good friend and the great Jim Haig. If you've listened to the show before and know when Mr. Haig calls in, you know you are in for some fun. Our number to call in in the 7 o'clock hour will be 563-999-3488. Again, that's 563-999-3488. Follow us on the Twitter at WBIS Radio, on Instagram at What's Brewing Show, on Facebook, just search What's Brewing, B-R-E-W-I-N. No, because people figure out it's Brewing. Where do we start tonight? All the sports are trying to come back. Is it a smart move? Is it a not smart move? That's for you to debate. My opinion is it's not a very smart move. When you look at the landscape that the world is in right now, yes, we've said countless times here that we need another avenue to distract us from where we were and what we're doing. Again, phone calls in the 7 o'clock hours. We will have Mr. Haig for the entire first hour uh, coming up in about three minutes from now. So if you want to call in, call in in the 7 o'clock hour. We will take all your phone calls. Instead of leaving you on hold for an hour, we'll just do it that way. When we look at the sports landscape today, the NHL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, are all trying to figure out how do we get this back? How do we play games without fans in the stands? simple. You don't play games with fans not in the stands. You just don't do it. It's not smart financially for both sides. Yes, the owners will get the TV revenue, but the players and the total money, whether it's total hockey revenue, total basketball revenue, total baseball revenue. Again, phone calls in the 7 o'clock hour. We don't like hanging up on people, but we do have a guest coming up in a couple minutes. 
the players have to look at this as one, you're going to be separated from your family for X amount of time, which isn't even determined yet. The players have to look at this as a way to lessen the salary cap. With most leagues in 10-year labor deals, Again, phone calls in the 7 o'clock hour. Jim Hague is joining us momentarily. We apologize. I hate hanging up on people before they get on the show, but we do have a planned guest. So 7 o'clock hour, feel free to call in. We will take your phone calls the whole hour. The the CBAs are 10 years long. We'll talk about that. Later on, but joining us now. Thank you for updating me, Brew. It's been such a long time. I thought you forgot about me. Now where was I? Oh, that's right. Joining us now on the George Brew Show is a man that needs no introduction to our audience. So why the hell am I doing this? He is a former beat writer, a best-selling author in Italy, Jesus Christ, who the fuck cares, an optimist that thinks the Mets finally won't suck, a Rangers fan who was tormented with the Stanley Cup in 1995 after the Devils won it, a Rams fan who even though it's been proven to be false thinks the Patriots cheated in Super Bowl 36, the presenter of the 2000 NJ High School Hockey number 1 in the state trophy to Brew, who didn't play in the game but still has the ring. Suck it bitches, the big man and I don't mean Clarence, the man, the myth, the legend, Jim Haig. Wow, a new robot. That's that's the gift, a new robot. I'm very impressed. And I will go to my grave as to say the Patriots still cheated in that Super Bowl. Not the last one. Not the last one. They won no, fair and square the last one. But the first one, wow. You can't, you can't tell me otherwise. You can't tell me otherwise. How are you, bud? I'm doing okay. How about yourself? I'm hanging in here. I'm doing as we all are at this yep. point. Uh, did, did you like your new robot? You're not getting a new one every time we come on the show now, this Hell will be no. your one for Hell a while. No. Well, the other one was like 13 years old, so this one, you know, this one is this was cool. This one had, you know, a whole bunch of different things in there, you know, you know. I, I just like the fact that Suck I got it the robot. Suck was the best. Suck it, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just happy I got the robot to curse. That was my favorite part of it. I don't know how you pulled that off. <laughs> hey, you type, it speaks. Okay, not bad. Hey, could you settle an argument that we had on the show last week? By the way, who is the 983 area code? We get calls from time to time on this show. And Did you figure out who it was? I, Yeah, I just didn't know if you were calling in from a different number this time. 
983? What is that? Quebec? Quebec? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. No, it's not. Oh, 973. I typed that wrong. Oh, okay. Well, 973 is, is uh, Essex yeah. County. Yeah. 983 is Quebec, or who knows where the hell that is. So, Costa Rica, you know? Who knows? Okay. All right, settle this for us. All right, Does Pete Rhodes deserve a second shot to get into the Hall of Fame? Uh, Pete Rhodes deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, so, you know. Yeah, he's now, I mean, he's, you know, he's going to get in. I mean, I don't know whether or not these this veterans or whatever they call it now committee will vote for him, but does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Hell yeah. Yeah. See, I I, I I don't think he belongs in because, hell, it says in the clubhouse, don't bet on the game, and he bet on the game. All right. But but, but here's the deal, okay? Um, that, uh, uh, the bottom line is 4,161 hits or whatever the hell the number ended up being. Or 4,000, I think it's 4,200. Um, you can't take that away, and that's a hit. That's a record that's never going to come close. Never, never. Uh, considering the man, considering the, the man was five foot ten and two hundred ten pounds, and and uh, wasn't built with the best abilities of all time, but yet he he he, he was as good of a hitter as there's ever been. Yeah, he belongs in the Hall of Fame, and I know he gambled and. And I think by now, if he did the smart thing way back when and just would have said, hey, guess what? I gambled on it. I'm sorry. I apologize. He'd be in the Hall of Fame by now. And, but he was so defiant upon the fact and didn't realize that the Dowd report had him cold busted. So if he didn't, if he didn't realize that, I mean – uh, he'd be in the Hall of Fame by now. And the bad news is, is that they, they keep doing this, and if he doesn't like come flat out and admit it on in in some interview somewhere on television and apologizes for what he does, then the or or apologizes for what he did, chances are the only chance he's going to get into the Hall of Fame is going to be when he's dead. And is that fair? Is that fair? Um, I don't know. No, I know you. I know you say because the sign on the door says, you know, well, you bet on a game and there's no gambling, and that says that. Well, guess what? In in 30 of 32 ballparks, they say no pepper allowed, and yet they play pepper in the ballparks, you know. No chewing tobacco, yet they chew tobacco still in the ballparks, you know. George, it's, you know, it's, it's now it's grasping at straws. The, man, the man's been tormented for the majority part of his life, and he hasn't had a chance to get his true place in Cooperstown where he belongs. And that's where he belongs. Hey, All right, well, I, hate, I hate Bonds, and I hate Clemens with a passion. I don't know if there's anybody who hates the, the two of them more. But are they, are they Hall of Famers? Yeah, they're both Hall of Famers and were Hall of Famers before they were ever even introduced to a string. And yet they're not getting Who knows when they'll get it. So you know, it's it's, it's really it's, the, the the voting for the, the the Hall of Fame is such a subjective pile of dog dung that I I don't even know what to what to believe. I mean, Harold Baines, Harold Baines, 
Okay. Um, Enough said. Uh, I'm trying to think who, who just got in the Hall of Fame this past, the, the, in the last couple of years. And I just said to myself, what? Mike Mussina. Mike Mussina's not a Hall of Famer. No. Mike Mussina's not a Hall of Famer. How many Cy Young Awards did Mike Mussina win? I don't think any. That's right, the correct answer. Okay. Um, and that's not saying I, I don't like Mike. He won 20 games. How many times did he win One. 20 games? One. What? Was last year. The Yankee fans that say Andy Pettit is a Hall of Famer make him sick. He's three. He's got a 3-8-3 ERA. Come on. He's not a Hall of Famer either. The Hall of Fame should be for the elite of the elite of the elite. Hey, I'm a diehard Mets fan. I don't think Gary Carter's a Hall of Famer. I don't think Gary Carter's a Hall of Famer. He can't, why does he get in? Because he was a catcher? Look at some of those years down the stretch. He was yeah. you know, Like, I liked Mike, but I never thought he was a Hall of Famer. You've seen him. Like, he was always, like, he was in the top echelon of pitchers, but he was never the okay. top Being echelon. Being in the top echelon of pitchers doesn't make you a Hall of Famer, does it? Does it? No. I don't Oh my God! There's another one. Don Sutton was never was never the best pitcher on his own team. Never mind to be in the Hall of Fame. No, no, no. There's a there's a lot of them, and yet it, look, it, it took Jim Rice. It took Jim Rice what 15 years to get in the Hall of Fame? Jim Rice. Well, that's because the media hated him. Exactly. That exactly that makes it subjective. Um. Albert Bell is not in the Hall of Fame. Take a look at his numbers. That's scary. Oh, he should be. He I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Of course he should be. He's what about Mattingly? You know what? Mattingly for five years was as good as it gets. For five yeah. years. Okay? But no. No. No, no. And, and everybody says, well, if you put... If you put Mattingly in, then you got to put Keith Hernandez in. No, neither one of them. Mattingly, I tell you what, Mattingly was a better hitter than Keith Hernandez ever was. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, but I don't think. But my, I don't think Mattingly is. I don't think Mattingly is. Think my is. favorite though with Mattingly is well, his numbers compare to Kirby Puckett. That's my second favorite argument. That's the uh, ignorant Yankee fan answer. Uh, no, they don't. Kirby Puckett was for uh, 12, 14 years. Don Mattingly was five. But I don't know. I don't even know whether or not Kirby Puckett should be in a Hall of Fame. I don't think he's in a Hall of Famer. Kirby Puckett? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, that's the problem hey, when you Larry, start. Larry Walker. Larry Walker got in the Hall of Fame this past year. Come on. Larry Walker, Hall of Famer. Larry Walker. Played in Colorado. What did Larry Walker do when he played for the Expos? What was his What were his numbers with the Expos? What was his, What were his numbers after he left Colorado and went to the Cards? What were his numbers there? No, 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 no. no. Uh, we can go on and on. We can go on and on and on with this. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm a firm believer that to be in the Hall of Fame. 
the Hall of Fame, you should be in the elite of the elite. And for the longest time, George, that was the case, for the longest time. And then something happened along the way where the sports writers started to get too smart for their own good and started to get, you know, a little artsy-fartsy, and I'm not going to vote for this one this year, and I don't, want, I don't want the guy to be a unanimous one, or I don't want him to get in on the first ballot, or I'm going to get, you know. And then all of a sudden, they got, they got a, a, very short-sighted. They got very short-sighted and stopped putting in the elite of the elite. They stopped. And yeah. it's a shame. It's a shame, you know. Uh, you know, like uh, Omar Vizquel, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's a really good defensive player who played for 20 years, but is he a Hall of Famer? No. I love Ozzie Smith. He was a great, a great fielder. Maybe the best fielding shortstop I've ever seen other than, no, I take it back. Mark Belanger was better than Ozzie Smith. But um, is Ozzie Smith a Hall of Famer? No. Look at his numbers. Oh. Yeah, that's the the problem that comes with it is they start comparing him against his contemporaries. Where I think you should compare him against guys in the Hall of Fame. And if you that's start doing bad, that, that's, you know what? That's not a bad thing to say. Because you know what? Here's the deal. If you want to, if you want to do the same type of argument, okay? Ryan Sandberg is in the Hall of Fame. Take a look mm. at his numbers compared to Jeff Kent. Okay. And Jeff Kent will never be in a Hall of Fame. But who had better numbers? Jeff Kent. Jeff Kent. So it's, 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 the whole thing is so incredibly subjective now. It's the whole thing. It's the whole thing. I don't know, you know whether that's... or not it's come to the point where they should take the voting out of the hands of the sports writers. Okay? <laughs> First of all, here's the other thing, too. Do you know that 60% of the guys who vote for the Hall of Fame now are no longer beat writers. They don't cover games, you know, left and right. That They're like probably 80, 90 years old and are no longer involved in baseball, but yet they still have a vote for the Hall of Fame? Hell, if you were a sports writer, a sports editor who covered the team, you've got to vote. Like if you, like Harvey Zucker had a vote for the Hall of Fame. No, he did not. Yes, he did. I saw the ballot. No, he did not. Harvey Zucker did not have a vote for the Hall of Fame. No. I'm telling you, ask him. I will ask him the next time I talk to him. He did not have a vote for the Hall of Fame. Because Harvey Zucker was never uh, – Harvey Zucker never covered Major League Baseball on a regular basis. Never did. Yeah. Never. I remember he told me once he did. Or he had some, or he had a vote for something. Cause yeah, of, he had a vote for the Board of Ed in Jersey City. <laughs> we all had that. Yeah, okay. Hey, Harvey Zucker, I know for a fact, did not vote for the Hall of Fame. Did not. Okay. Off of, off of that topic. I don't vote for the Hall of Fame. I vote, I vote. You ready for this? You know what Hall of Fame I do vote for? The this? New Jersey the State US soccer, The United States Soccer Hall of Fame I vote for. Can you believe oh, cool. that? Yeah, I do. I really, I got to vote in the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame. And it all stems from the fact that when... Um, they when um, Tony Miola, Tab Ramos, and Johnny Hawks all played for the U.S. Uh, national team. 
they needed help uh, to put together bios for their program. Um, and I, I helped them in that respect. So then from that point on, they put me on the um, United States National Soccer Hall of Fame in Oneonta, New York. Yep. Oh, wow. Didn't even know they had one. Yep. Hey, uh, have you been watching this last dance? Uh, yeah, I watched the. I, I, I'm behind everybody else, but I watched the first four episodes. Now, mind you, I watched. Don't forget too. Most when that was all going on, George, I was covering the NBA a lot. Um, yeah. So, so I, I watched the first four episodes, and I really didn't learn much. Like I really, there wasn't anything that I that that jumped out at me and and said, "Wow, wow, that really shocked me," or "Wow, that was really good," or didn't you know? I I learned something new from it. Um, however, I talked to other people, you know, some of my contemporaries that said, "If you watch the last four episodes, you'll you'll learn a lot." And I think what I'll learn from is that they will treat. Uh, they won't treat Jordan as the deity that everybody else treats him as. And if that's the case, then, you know, albeit, then I'll learn something because, you know, it, when I was around and covering the NBA, they treated Jordan like he walked on water, you know, like he was the second coming of Christ. You know, like the only thing he needed to do was part the Red Sea and he would be, be, he would be better than most. So I, you know, so I would think that that, I have to watch the last four episodes and then I'll draw a conclusion. And then, and, and, and apparently too, um, in the fifth or sixth episode, when they show the, the fight between Charlie Ward and Ron Harper, that I'm, I was right sitting there courtside when that fight took place. And I guess apparently you could see my big melon head right there. So, you know, so you could see that, yeah, yeah that I did cover the NBA back then. Because I guess I I'll have to watch that. again and look for you. Yeah, just look um, at that big melon head. Just like, just like what Shaquille took the, took the basket down at the Meadowlands. Uh, there I am, sitting right there in a big white sweater. Emphasis on white. Because it was big. I mean, we all know it was big. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, it's like I, I've heard that sentiment from a lot of people that have covered the league, and it's like, oh, we didn't learn anything new. Well. Okay, but the fans are learning new stuff. Correct. Oh, you know, again, and again, they're all learning new stuff, especially if they don't portray Jordan as being God. If they're showing him to have some flaws, like, i.e., gambling, and Mm -hmm. uh, and and I got criticized by this left and right, I still believe that the reason why he left uh, playing in the NBA is because he was told by the people that he owed a lot of money to get out. And so that's why he got out. Do they have like... Just like, just like I believe that his father just wasn't picked out randomly and killed on the side of a road simply because he was a guy with a broken down car. No, no, I think he was killed because he was James Jordan. And uh, I think it was done because Michael Jordan owed a lot of money to gamble, the bookie. So um, that's just my, just my take. I could be wrong. 
But um, that's just the way I felt, and that's the way I felt. Like, why in the world would the man leave playing pro basketball, uh, you know, when he was at the top, when he was just reaching the absolute pinnacle of the, the amount of money that he was collecting between his salary, which at that time was $25 million a year in a, in a league where the rest of the teams didn't have $25 million salaries, and yet he was making 25 mil. And endorsements? Galore. I mean, he, he could have wrote his own personal check. Um, so why would he walk yeah. away from all that so he can go on a stinky bus in Birmingham, Alabama? It didn't make any sense. Although we did get to see, I, from what I gather, we did get to see and hear Kenny Coleman, my friend, uh, who played on that Birmingham team with him, uh, uh, the Birmingham Barons or whatever they were called. Um, again, Kenny Coleman from Jersey City played on that team. And I guess apparently he was interviewed for the last dance. So that's something to look forward to. And, um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, no, I, I think the majority of the people that are watching this are learning things that they never learned before. Like, you know, that the last time Dennis Rodman had sex with Carmen Electra, he left the door open. <laughs> the door open so anybody can walk in. You know? my, my favorite part of it was how, or has been. How big of a jackass Jerry Krause was. Um, like, well, he got he tired was, of Phil? He, well, that's not hard. That's not hard. No. You want to talk about somebody who's a jackass? That's not hard. That, that's really, that's a really vindictive, nasty, foul breath, thinks he's know it all. Genius that uh, you, really uh, Phil Jackson is. Wow. Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson knew what Jeff Van Gundy's name was, but on, t- in, on purpose, he called him Gundy. Not Van Gundy. He called him Gundy. Now, everybody said, well, maybe he doesn't know that his name is Van Gundy. No, he did it on purpose, just to, just to piss Jeff off. And I know Jeff very well. It takes a lot to get Jeff pissed off. A lot. That's why he had the perfect demeanor to be uh, an NBA head coach. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, like the stuff with the dream and team. And, and anybody who says he's going to come back and coach, they have no idea what he's all about. Because, you know, him and his wife are very happy living in Houston. He's making a pretty good salary announcing games and guess what you don't they don't care about you winning or losing when you're an announcer they don't care yeah they don't care he's you know i think his coaching just like ub brown ub brown you know he didn't care once his coaching days were over and he was making the good salary that he did as an announcer he didn't want to go back you think he wanted to go back no no not a chance no. you know the funny the funniest part that's come out of this whole thing is like a lot of it, it has to do with Michael, obviously. But just how much he was revered worldwide. Like there's a there's a part where they're talking about how, oh, he's, you know, he wanted to give up baseball and whatever and wanted to play baseball and all this stuff. And I'm going, yeah, I don't buy that. And you're right. I, yeah, it's I hard to believe. 
I don't. I I really don't buy that at all. At all. I think that I think that that was. Now there was some. I I I don't know who it was uh, that I heard a very prominent uh, sports writer last week say that that was the agreement that was made between Stern and Jordan. Said, guess what? We got the goods on you, gambling. Um, walk away, or we're going to suspend you for a year. But at that point, Michael Jordan was bigger than the NBA. He was bigger than him. Yeah. He was much bigger than the NBA. And he was the so, NBA's cash cow. Without question. Without question. He was bigger. Than, because at that point, when Jordan hit his pinnacle, okay, Larry was gone. Magic was gone. So, so you know, when Jordan was hitting, hitting the major stride, the NBA needed Jordan. What do you think it was? They were going to cash in on, you know, Carl, Carl Malone and John Stockton. You know, they, they cash in on the on the bad boys. Everybody hated the bad boys. Everybody hated Isaiah Thomas with a passion. So you know, like they needed the NBA needed Michael Jordan as much as Michael Jordan needed the NBA. And so the idea that you know that Stern said to him, "Hey, guess what?" We're going to suspend you, so walk away before you get suspended. I don't buy that. I buy the fact that somebody threatened him, say, you know what? You don't have the money to pay for my your gambling debt. Then you know what? We're going to make life real miserable for you unless you get away. And uh, I think that has a lot to do. I think that has more juice to it than uh, – then David Stern t- saying to him, hey, guess what? We got the goods on you. Walk away before we suspend. There, there, I don't know. How do, you there, feel about, how do you feel about that? I, I was long in that. Now, once again, I, from watching this, I was long of the belief that they told him to walk away. Like David Stern said, go do whatever the hell you're going to do. I'll let you know when you can come back. But then, like, okay. you start seeing, like, David Stern flew into Chicago for his retirement press conference, and you're like, maybe there is something to this. He was just tired of being Michael Jordan. Maybe he just needed a release. I don't think he ever gets tired of being Michael Jordan. I don't think he ever gets At this no, point I, right I, now, I still don't think he's tired of being Michael Jordan. No, I, I don't mean that. I mean, like, I, I mean in the sense of – Everywhere oh, he less, went, there was, there was far less for him to accomplish. That he already won three NBA championships yes. and he didn't need any more. Mm-hmm. All right, then if that's the case, then why did he come back? And if that's the case, why did he come back? And then when he came back, why in the world? Why, oh God's name, in the world did he go to the Washington Wizards and play there? Why? Because he wanted to get a one sixteenth share of owning the Washington Wizards. Because his ultimate dream was to be an owner in the NBA? I don't think by that. I don't think it because he wanted to collect the salary that he was making at that point, albeit, you know, he was on the downside, but he wanted to still collect the salary he was making as a player. That and the fact that Reinsdorf said that he was still paying him even when he went and played baseball. Reinsdorf says this in this article? 
And, and, yeah, it's I mean, in, in the this, last in, episode. In, in, this, in this documentary, Reinsdorf said that he was paying him $25 million to play baseball? He said he was paying him. I think he said his contract at that point was $3 million a year. No, 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 no. By the time, by the time he was after they won the third championship in a row, he was making more than Magic, and Magic made twenty-five million. And that's and mind you, that's in nineteen ninety three, five, six, six. Oh no, eight, eight, ninety-eight. Well, that was ninety-eight. Yeah. He was making he was making like thirty-two. But they're saying when he left in 93, he was only making like three. Oh, okay. All right. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. No, I'd say more than that. I'd say he was making, I'd say he was making probably about seven. Seven. Yes, but still, I, I still won't, I still could I'll go to my grave to say that there's no way in the world that David Stern said to him, hey, guess what? We're going to suspend you unless you walk away. No way. No Let's way. see. According to Sport Track, Michael Jordan made a grand total of $89 million in his NBA career. $89 million, is that it? In his entire yep. career? In yep. 16 years of playing in the NBA, he only made 89 million. He the sixth time in, yeah, he made 9.75 in total while leading the Bulls to their first three-peat. Wow, wow, that's that's shocking to me. I would have figured by then he would have. So he, wait a minute, he could he have not walked away and gone free agent? He could have gone free agent. Um, he was already in the league five years. He could have walked away. Let's see. Here you go. 92, 93. He, so his contracts, they don't have, like, how the contracts were worked out. Go to basketballreference.com. Basketball-reference.com. No, they don't have it. I looked there already. I, I'm on sport track, oh, which is usually okay. pretty good right. with this stuff. Okay. Oh, here you go. Um, in so on September twentieth, nineteen eighty-eight, he signed an eight-year, twenty-five point seven reneg- renegotiated contract with Chicago. All right, so in eighty-eight, that's uh, no, so he made two two point two. Not on his rookie contract, so he that no, that's his. That's yeah, when no. he. So he signed a seven-year, $6.3 million contract with the Bulls in 84. So that was his rookie seven contract. Seven years? Seven years, six, 6.3. They renegotiated going into 88-89, where he made Boy, two, 2.2. Didn't, didn't they get oh, a bargain on him? Seven years? They got him so on his more. rookie contract seven years? Wow. But he only played four years of the rookie contract. Okay, and then they renegotiated it, and he got 20, you're saying 28 for 7? 20, 25.7 until 96. So he made 2, 2. 2.25, 2.5, 3.2, 4, 4, 3.85, 3.85. And those were the baseball years where they still paid him. 
Wow. And Reinsdorf said, I felt I had to do it. He made a lot of people a lot of money. And then his last... Yeah, he made Nike a lot of money. Well, here... So his last... He put Gatorade on the planet. His last two contracts with the Bulls were 30 and 33. With the Bulls? Yep. And he made 2.0... He made two million with the Washington Wizards. Yeah, but they gave him a they gave him a one sixteenth of the team. Yeah. For Which years, they took away he got, from him. He got a, he got a, his last two years in the NBA. He got a uh, he got a portion of the ownership of the team. They got like like a one sixteenth share of the team. Uh, his last two years in the NBA with the with the Wizards, right? He, yeah. The last two years with the Wizards. Yeah, the, the, those years. Yeah. Right. But, like, the funniest part that came out of this is, like, Nike was, like, he didn't want to be with Nike, and then he signed with Nike because they were the only ones that gave him, like, tangible money, and they hoped they sold $3 million worth of shoes in, like, the first three years, and he wound up making, like, $126 million the first year. Like, yep. it's unbelievable. Unbelievable amount of money he made in terms of endorsements. He, he put Gatorade on the map. Gatorade, and, he, and whoever, David Falk was his agent. And the smartest thing that Falk did was that he got him uh, one, of those, one of those point deals. Much like yeah. what David Wright had with vitamin water. That's why David Wright is more loaded than sin. Um, which, uh, <laughs> he, get, he got him one of those point deals. And um, with, um, with Gatorade... The, the point deal, he got like an X amount of money for every, you know, I can't say like say per case of Gatorade, but you know, like um, he got <laughs> money for or every, yeah, you know, whatever <laughs> it was. So he he ended up getting between Nike and Gatorade. Oh, he's, he's worth like two point six billion dollars, and that includes yeah. getting divorced. Yes, yes, yes. When you think of like his Nike deal today is worth like a billion dollars lifetime. His Nike deal is still worth one point. His his Nike deal is worth one billion right now. Yeah, because they still sell his sneakers. Yeah, no, they sell they sell his image. His image is on sneakers and and whatever, and he and he gets paid for the image. Yep. Because you know, just like the the logo. It's his logo, so he gets paid for the the, the logo. Um, that I knew. He also gets paid. Uh, I don't think he gets um, much from Gatorade anymore, and I don't think he gets much from Hanes anymore. And he used to, you know, he get, he got more money. Uh, uh, only Tiger made more in endorsements than, than Jordan did. Yeah. Tiger was the only one who made, and, and, and the reason why Tiger got endorsements because his were worldwide. Where Jordan, you think about it, you know, in Italy and in Russia and in places like that, they don't care about Jordan that much. Where, in, you know, golf is a universal game. So, you know, Tiger, when Tiger was in his glory, in his uh, heyday, he was making more money in endorsements than Jordan was. South America, so, they, don't, they don't care about basketball. 
as much as they do as, say, soccer, like Maradona yeah. did in his heyday, or what uh, Ronaldo and uh, Rossi make now, you know? So supposedly he makes $100 million a year from Nike. What's that? He makes $100 million a year from Nike. Right now. Right now. Right now. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> that, that's pretty that's amazing. a stupid. Like they're making like this that's, big deal, like like LeBron's getting a, a billion dollars from them in his lifetime. And fucking Michael's like, I, I'll do that in ten years, cause yeah, hundred million, hundred million a year. Uh, that's 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 silly money. You know what? That's really silly money. Yeah. What does what does one man can do? What does one man do with that much money? You know, that's well, generational worth. Like his yeah, and I know like one of his kids owns like a sneaker store. Like his kids work. He's like Gordon Ramsay. Oh, yeah, we're going to sit first class. <laughs> You're going to sit coach. <laughs> you know Sorry. what? You sit first class. I'll fly in the private plane. I'll meet you there. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. You know, like, uh, I, I, I need to uh, – guess what you're having for dinner tonight, kids? Ramen. You know, like – Yeah, uh, you're having McDonald's. I'm having Rich Chris. I'm having my steakhouse. My own. I'm having my own steakhouse. And you're having ramen. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, all right. So, you know, so, the, so where, where do we get off the beaten path when talking about this last dance? Um, I, we're not really off the beaten path. This is like stuff that people are learning that they're amazed by. Like there's stuff in it. Yeah. No. The only like, the only thing, like I said, the only thing that I would be amazed by, George, and and I still haven't seen it yet, and people have said to me. Is that they? Wow, they really portray Jordan to be a, you know, a prick. In yeah, well, he was one. Yeah, he was one. From a sports writing standpoint, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him in a prick category at all. I mean, he, I, he was okay, but then again, I didn't have to deal with him on a daily basis. You know what? You I deal, with, deal with on a daily basis that I'm that, that I would put in that category. And, and now Patrick. he's now he's the head coach of the Jesuit institution in Georgia. It's Patrick, State, but I'm, I'm not going to mention any names. And he's about it's seven. Patrick. He's about seven foot one inches tall. You know. Yeah, it's Patrick. We we know. Yeah, that, that <laughs> one. But um, um, which by the way, it's amazing how when I say that he is that nasty of an individual, and how everybody's stopped, shocked by that because they say. Oh, he's not. I've seen him on television. I said, yeah, that's because his image he's, he's done. He can change his image in a heartbeat. You know, that's the I, funny thing. Like, when people don't understand. Like, I, I know somebody who cannot fathom that there are professional, former professional athletes that work a 40-hour-a-week job. Now? And, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah and, like, it, it, it's mind-boggling to this one person. Wow. And, and and he's like, but they make millions some of dollars. Of them, some of them, some of them have made like say, Antoine Walker, okay, made yeah. in his career, made over a hundred million dollars in his career, and he's baroque. And I mean, and I'm not talking about like old French art either. He's baroque. Antoine Walker got no money at all. Mike Tyson made six hundred and eighty-five million dollars. Baroque. Who who did? Mike Tyson. Uh yeah, but he had a, he had a lot of people um 
poking and prodding on him. A lot of people poking and prodding. Yeah. So he, you know, uh, wherein Antoine Walker was just flat out stupid and gambled it all. Yeah. Where Mike Tyson also went to prison. There's a little different there too. Oh yeah. No, no, that, I'm not saying that it's not, but it's it's just amazing how you can. Plus, he bought tigers and all the other stupid bullshit that you could buy. Yeah, he bought tigers. <laughs> he was the original Tiger King. Um, he was. <laughs> uh, did you watch that? Show? No, I have no interest in that. George. It is, I, it, you know what? Did you see the movie Pulp Fiction? No. Okay. I saw, I saw Pulp Fiction, and I walked out of the movie theater saying to myself, what in God's name did I just watch? Because I had no idea what to, what, to, what to watch. Okay? No idea. Yeah. Okay? I have no idea what, what, I could, what, what I could call that. Was it a movie? Was it entertainment? What in the world was it? But you know what? I couldn't wait to see it again. Um, so that's, 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 well, Tiger King is a lot like that, except for one difference. The people are real. You know, it's funny. Like I started watching Tiger King and I fell asleep. I fell asleep through it. Couldn't take it. It's so boring. Everybody says, oh, you should watch it. You should watch it. I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. Yeah, I tried. I I couldn't comprehend what I was watching. I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. Oh. And then, you know, the, guy, the, the people had no teeth. And then, and then <laughs> all of a sudden, the guy who's Joey, his name is Joe Exotic, and, he, and he's gay. And, 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 the, and he's in the mad, middle of this battle with this woman who's involved with trying to save uh, Tiger's lives, but yet he, she's accused of killing her husband, and she's now married to this other henpeck thing who sits there and goes, "Yes, dear, yes." Dear. I mean, I I couldn't believe what I was watching, and it, and it, and that was the whole thing for me is that these were real people. That's why it was. That's why it was very entertaining to me. And then they <laughs> added that eighth episode with uh, Joe McHale. Uh, the guy who used to be on Talk Soup, and he, oh, was yeah, on yeah, that, okay. uh, he he it was basically an interview show where he interviewed all the people that were involved with Tiger King, and it really bored the hell out of me. That so that that added episode did nothing for me, nothing. Yeah. But the, but the Tiger King itself, oh god, okay. and and I wanted to know like what in the world made this guy think that it was going to be entertaining to videotape not only him, but the other guy, the other two people that had, like, Tiger Park in South Carolina and Florida. How did he think that that was going to be entertaining? It's almost like one of those things that if, it probably wouldn't be anything if it wasn't for the quarantine. No. No, I disagree. I think this, this would have been... I, because you sit there and you're watching it and you, and you, and you, like, I, I wish somebody would have videotaped me watching Tiger King because my <laughs> mouth was wide open the whole time going, wah, 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 you know, that type of thing. 
right, we got off the beaten path. All right, yeah. All right. talking about Tiger King. I don't want to talk well, about that. I don't blame you. Anyway, um, so, so talking about the last dance. Yes, um, ESPN um, has, has been uh, really, really struggling for uh, for programming since the pandemic took place. And yeah. lo and behold, this comes along, and it well, is, this was originally I supposed to air in June. It saved the network. It saved the network because yeah. They're cutting back left and right. They've laid off everybody and their mother. They thank God they got rid of Tessator and Booger. And, um, you know, they, they, and they said they're going to hire uh, the new announcers. are going to be, quote, from within. So you know what that yeah, means? Steve, Let's save yeah, money. It's Steve, it's Steve Levy. And yeah, Steve Levy, Dan Orlovsky, and my mother are going to be the announcers. I, I wish they put McAfee on it. I, I I say make it Levy, McAfee, and Matt Hasselbeck, and that's a great booth. Um, who's McAfee? Pat McAfee, the the Colts punter, has his own oh, radio show okay. now. Dude, oh, okay. guy's hysterical, and he has an yeah. a legitimate enjoyment of football. And is he is he on Barstool or where, 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 what does he have? No, he's got he's his own thing. His... He he was with Barstool when he retired, and then. Something happened at Barstool, and he left Barstool and set out on his own. And he was doing the Thursday night college game for ESPN last year. Oh, really? In addition okay. to game day and WWE stuff. Yeah, the dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he fo- yeah, he w- became so w- popular. C- he became so popular, his radio show with CBS Radio, that they had to, like, re- reimagine the national network again. Wow. Okay. I got to go check him out. Love Pat McAfee. But it's definitely going to be it's definitely going to be Steve Levy, Dan Orlovsky, and, and somebody else. More than I don't understand why I don't understand why they need a three man booth. I don't either. Like don't they're either. the only place that thinks a three man booth works. It doesn't yeah, work no, anywhere else. Hey, you know and I know what was the be- what was the best. Uh, broadcasting uh, football broadcasting uh, announcing group, group in the history of the NFL. Who was the best? Summerall and men. Absolutely. Two main groups. Two yep. main groups. And, they was the and that was because Summerall played a great straight man. Absolutely. Because he, he just let Madden go. He let him go. Yeah. And there's nobody that's not that is as humorous as it. Although, I'll tell you what. Um, when it was Sean McDonough and Gruden. Oh, McDonough didn't give a shit. McDonough gave zero fuck. That's why he's not in there anymore. Uh, Well, no, he wasn't in there because once Gruden was gone, Gruden was the guy who who stuck up for him. So once Gruden was gone, he 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 didn't have the sounding board anymore, so they got rid of McDonough. Which was a a mistake. They started this ridiculous crew. Oh, my God, were they bad. Well, oh, Tessator is oh. not bad. Tessator is a good oh, announcer. No, 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 no. It's just who he had around him. No, he's bad. He's bad. Everything, everything he says has to have a dramatic flair on ESPN. What do you think, Boogs? What do you think, Wit? Boogs? Wit? Boogs? Maybe, Wit. maybe he learned. Maybe he learned how to do it from pig vomit. W-N-B-C. 
WNBC. <laughs> now you got to say it like I'm it. I'm as there's all all his bits in Boston, so you don't even know it's him on WNBC. WNBC. <laughs> I really want to do a show one night as Lance Election just to see if people get the get the. Hooga, <laughs> hooga. Um, and when you're watching the NFL draft and you see the Patriots straight out of the first round, did you automatically think the way I did with no way Green Bay does this? Um, yeah, I didn't. I couldn't comprehend that Green Bay took Jordan Love. I really couldn't. I, I, I other than the fact that, um, and just like Brett the Cheese Whore then said, well, you know that means that uh, I can't see Aaron Rodgers finishing his career in Green Bay. Yeah, well, of course not. Of course not. No, and the sad part is that's like one of Green Bay's biggest problems. It's like, okay, so you got lucky with Rodgers. And if you really didn't have far, if you haven't drafted well enough, you haven't done well enough in free agency, you really are the Cleveland Browns. If you didn't no, have... No, 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 no. No, no, no. Jimmy, no. hear me out. Hear, hear me out. If they don't trade for Favre and they don't luck into Rodgers... Well, they lucked into that, without question. They lucked into trading right. for Favre, and they put Favre that highly that they got Favre for a second-round pick. I agree. Okay. So if they, they don't like, make they those like two moves, they've done nothing. Like the criminal... The criminality... What would you what, what would you call drafting Adams? Is that a, was that a bad move? When did they draft him? What was Ha Ha Clinton Dix? Was that a bad move? When you haven't drafted a skill position player in the first round in twenty years, yeah. Well, no, they drafted a lazy in the first round, and he was not that good of a player. He I wasn't mean, a first he round. Was, pick. He became serviceable. Was Eddie Lacy he wasn't, wasn't a first late round first round? No, he was like a second or third round pick. I don't think he was third round. Okay. But, but I could be wrong. Okay. They, they um, hadn't drafted a skill position player in the first round since Aaron Rodgers. Uh, well, when? Now? Yeah. Adams a couple of years ago. Wasn't a first round pick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was like no. 12 overall. That was the year that they were terrible. That was the year, they, that, was the year the far, that Rogers got hurt, and they were like five and eleven, and they got Adams like eleven twelfth overall. Uh, now you can look no, it up. you can look it up. I am. All right. Um. All right. I'll I'll look that up and then we'll. Okay. What these leagues trying to come back and play with no fans? or have shortened seasons, or the NBA and the NHL still desperately holding out that they're going to play the playoffs. Are we like, are they, are we absolutely lost our fucking minds yet? Uh, yeah, that's, a, um, especially after I heard Fauci talk today, and it really depressed me by uh, him saying that um, he can't see uh, colleges opening up for first semester. Um, in August and September, and if that's the case, then that means there's no college football. And if there's no college football, then I can't see how there could be Major League Baseball unless they play Major League Baseball with no fans. 
And if they play Major League Baseball with no fans, then there's no way the players are going to uh, take these major pay cuts like they want, like that was uh, introduced to the players' union today, that they should uh, work at half pay. And you know that now I know that that isn't going to happen. Um, and the NFL is now talking about that they did their scheduling with the first four games as being a quadrant that they can take and move to the bottom part of the schedule and start the schedule during Columbus Day weekend. Um, yeah, I think we're – I don't know how in the world hockey and basketball can think about coming back if they're now talking about not having any other regular sports going into October. I don't know how that can happen. You know, all right, so here you go. I looked it up. Devontae Adams was I feel, was a I feel sec- really bad because the uh, at the time uh, March 11th rolled around, yeah. you know who the hottest team in the National Hockey League was, right? The Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, no, no, no. The hottest team in the National Hockey League were the, the Rangers of New York. I who had won, I think it was 18, they were 18-2-1 over their last 21 games. They were just sick. And they discovered yeah. that they really had um, the best young goalie in the game in Igor Shosturkey. See, I haven't said it in a long time. Now I'm going to slip bubble over it. Igor <laughs> <laughs> Sure. All right. So, okay. okay. So, not to get off of that, but I did look it up. Devontae Adams was the second pick they had in 2014, 53rd overall. 53rd? Overall. Yeah. Wow. So, he's a, he's a second right. round pick. I apologize. I apologize. So, going, so, going back to the Aaron Rodgers draft AJ Hawk, Justin Harrell, Jordy Nelson was a second-round pick. B.J. Raji was a first-round first pick. Brian Balaga, Derek okay. Sherrod, Nick okay. Perry, defensive end. Yep. Dayton Jones is not even in the league anymore. Ha Quinn Dix, Demarius Randall, Kenny Clark, Kevin King, Jair Alexander, Rashawn Gary. Uh- What's Jair no. Alexander? Is he running back? No, he's a cornerback. A cornerback. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. Sean Gary. Jordan Love. Jordan Love. Okay. You're you're one game away from the Super Bowl, and you gave up 195 yards before contact. Maybe grab a D tackle. Maybe. Maybe grab a wide receiver or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, it's funny, like the whole time, like, but all right, to get off of that, back to the, the quarantine and everything. You go through like all this stuff, and then you have um, the AD at Ohio State going, wait, if it's not safe to have people in the stands, if it's not safe to have, you know, all the kids in school, why is it safe to have 22 players lining up to play football? He goes, we're not playing football this year. I've heard from people like deep in Rutgers that they're preparing not to have a football season this year. Yeah. I mean, you have, you have schools that are literally saying already, they're not reopening for the next semester. And now like, even if you were to get a clean bill of health, 
let's go September 5th, you're going to have teams scrambling for games. Penn State's scheduled to play San Jose State in week three. Uh, San Jose State's not opening next fall. Yeah. So Penn State needs a game. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a trickle-down effect uh, for scheduling in college football for years and years to come. Years to come. Because then you're going to have people that don't didn't get their uh, guarantee this year or they were, it was, a, it, you know, a home-and-home, home, and they played that home last year, and they want to get their home one back. So when do, when do we reschedule the, the, the home again? It, it really yeah. is going to have a major trickle-down effect in college football and college basketball uh, moving forward. No question. No question. You know, and like the other thing that you have to look at, like, and you were saying, like, with Major League Baseball, with all that, Mark Teixeira, who stole $175 million from the Yankees, is saying, oh, the players should give up the money. Shut up. Dude, you're part of the Players Association. Shut up. Uh, don't why do ever think, say why do you think, First of all, why do you think he stole the money? He, he, he was a good he had a, free agent. He had one good year with the Yankees. Oh, no, he did not. Yes, he did. One good now. year. Oh, please. And it was 2009. Well, they all did that year. Then if well, you yeah. look at the 2009 Yankees and their numbers, yeah, which I did scary. recently, their numbers are scary. It's that, that's just no wonder why they, they, they won the world championship that year. Because I yeah. even no, – because no, you know why I looked up their numbers? Because somebody tried to tell me that Joe Girardi was a great manager. And I said, great manager? They said, well – he did win it in 2009. I said, 2009? I said, do you want to go look at his lineup? And if, all you need to do is to go look at their infield alone. It was scary. Yeah. He had a good yeah. career. He, he was a good free agent signing with the Yankees. He really was. No. Look up, go, ahead, go ahead. Look up his lineup. I, I, I've looked at it. They're, they're, not, they're nothing to write home. They're, they weren't that money worth. They were 27 a year worth. Um, did he get, he wasn't getting 27 a year. Yeah, he was. He was five and 175 or something. $27 million a year in 2009? No, 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 no. Then he was making 25. No, 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 no. 15. I'll give you 15. No, he was making more than that. Uh, I wouldn't say he's making more than that. Giambi made more than 15. Giambi made 25 Uh, a year with the Yankees. No, no. Yes, he did. Or he made no. twenty a year with the Yankees. He might have made twenty at the end, but not not when he first signed. And Teixeira, Teixeira definitely Here. didn't make. Teixeira signed an eight-year, one-eighty contract with the Yankees. It was twenty-two point five. Right, so that's twenty-two point five. That's that's an that's as an average. Yeah. Do you think he was worth that? Do I think he was worth that? I don't think anybody's worth that. But you know, it was in a bad contract when you consider it. It wasn't great. Oh. It wasn't bad. Yeah, Giambi signed 70, seven years for 120. So whatever that works out to be. Seven years, 120? Uh, that's about 18 a year, I guess. Wow. And I thought Giambi was worth that and in, in, in everything. Because Giambi sold jerseys. 
I wouldn't yeah. consider Teixeira to be one of those guys that was a jersey seller. Uh, no, because Teixeira was on the same team with G- with Jeter and A Rod. So was Giambi. Mo, Andy. Cece. They you, you, how many people wore 52 jerseys? How many people? A lot. Yeah? Okay. Well, yeah. You know, because he used to work out there and sell t shirts. I don't know how many. Yeah, I tell you, that's that still the worst two summers of my life. <laughs> <laughs> that, that made me, if I, I could tell you, that made me hate the Yankees and their fans as much as a Met fan does. I, it's unbelievable how much I hate the Yankees now because of those two years. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yankee fans are the biggest group of whining piss ants I've ever seen. Well, they do, they do think that they're, they're – Shit doesn't they're, stink? Like, they're, 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 it's, a, it's a privilege. Like, they're privileged. Like, they're supposed to get the best – like, they were supposed to get Gary Cole. Like, it was, their, it was their right, their privilege to get Gary Cole. Oh, and it was and it was their right to get Bryce Harper. Never mind the fact that they have a guy that plays the position, but we have to get Bryce Harper because we need a superstar at every position. Right. We need an all star at every position. And let me tell you, I listened to a two hour interview with Bryce Harper last week with um, starting nine with Barstool. He brought up this uh, thing on how to you really how to grow the that that right there is a, is a sign, George. You're very very bored. You got to listen to two hours with Bryce Harper. Let me tell you, it was the best two-hour interview I've ever listened to. Ever in your life? The best two-hour interview I've ever listened to. Wow. That I didn't conduct, of course. You know, because Bob Wolf still (laughs) says I'm a pleasure to talk to. Um, But no, but Harper talked about how if they really want to grow the game and they're really serious about it, in Olympic years, cut the season down to 142 games. Shut the game down for three weeks. Let the best players in the world go play in the Olympics. Um, and, and I'll caveat that with this, Jimmy. If you're serious about growing USA softball, as Major League Baseball seems to be, if you're serious, don't let them forget that if soft, baseball is not in, softball is not in the Olympics. But an example he gave was: Could you imagine Otani versus Trout in the gold medal game in Tokyo next year in the Tokyo Dome? He goes, uh, mind blown. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's watching that. Nobody's watching. That. Oh, I think so. The only problem is, is that the game would be at like three o'clock in the morning. But obviously, yeah, we've no. seen people are so horny for baseball. They're sitting there watching the Korean and baseball association or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, no, I was. I'm the only reason why I'd be really interested to watch the Korean baseball league right now. Is, is if Manny came uh, back? Yeah, no, I heard that Manny was making a comeback, so I wanted to be able to see a 48 year old Manny Ramirez and see if he had any skills left. That's <laughs> they don't test like steroids over there, I guess. No, they don't. No, no, I mean, that's still. All I know is that I did watch. I watched about five minutes of the of the Korean League the other night. That's how bad I was, and it was like at two yeah. thirty in the morning. But I watched it, 
And Aaron Altair is playing in the Korean League. Aaron Altair that played for the Mets for about an hour and a half last year. And that's all that has to be said about that league. And he grounded, and he grounded out to third with his one at bat that I saw. Yeah. And I just said, well, he, he sucks just as bad in the Korean League as he did for the Mets. Yeah, like, and the problem. And I thought, I thought at one point in his in his in his life, I thought Aaron Altair, I thought was going to be a very good player, and I was wrong there. Just like I was you wrong know, with Dominic Brown. I thought Dominic Brown was going to be a superstar. Oh my God, did I think he was going to be good? Yeah, you Remember did. Dominic Brown that played for the Phillies. Yep. Oh, I thought he was going to be a superstar. Oh God, did I think he, he had the body and the, you know. Then again, I thought Dallas Boston was going to be a superstar, too, so what do I know? It's so funny, because I live where I live now. I get, like, Phillies games on TV, and I'm like, hey, Reese Hoskins is really good. And then you watch him around July last year, and I'm like, man, Reese Hoskins sucks. Yeah, no, he hit the wall. (laughs) Like, it was like, oh, man. like nobody's business. You know who else hit the wall, too, and is now not even – as a matter of fact, I think they might have released it. Was Mikael Franco. Yeah, they did. I don't did. even think he's with the Phillies anymore. Nope. They sent him down to AAA last year. Did they really? Yeah. They they sent him down to AAA last year in, like, July. And they brought him up in September as a call-up. But, you know, you, you just look at the Phillies, like, if you look at their one through five with Kutch and Segura and Bryce and, and um, Hoskins and my favorite catcher in Major League Baseball today, yeah. Who, who, who is absolutely the best catcher in baseball? Um, yeah, I guess he's probably the best catcher in baseball. I would say that. Yeah. Plus, the Phillies announcer has, like, the greatest pronunciation of his voice. <laughs> J.T. Real Muto. And you think, like, that's such a great ballpark for games, too. It is. That'll give you. I love going there. That that I will give you. It is a gorgeous ballpark. It may be my favorite ballpark in Major League Baseball. The only problem, although I haven't been there since the first year it opened, but um, the only problem it had in the beginning were those stupid of flower boxes that were in the front that that you didn't know whether or not it was a homer or was in a flower box. I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> and, and then the the other thing that was really really stupid was that the bullpens, you know, like were within pitching distance of oh, the fans. <laughs> and then sure enough, that's what was happening. Like people yeah. were getting sued and peeing on the bullpen, you know. So, but I think they being, switched. I think they put the Phillies on top. Oh, they did. Oh, okay. I think they did. Uh, but, you, like, the other great thing with that is, like, I've taken buddies down there. And you start saying, like, oh, I got, you know, I got really good seats. And they're like, oh, okay. And then my buddy says to me, well, how much are you for the tickets? And I'm like, I don't know, whatever it says on the ticket. He pulls out, like, 200 bucks because we were, like, I don't know, 15, 20 rows off the field. And he's like, and I'm like, what are you buying for all three tickets? He's like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, dude, the tickets are like 50 bucks. You know, that's pretty cool, considering the fact that it is it is clearly, uh, it's got the best sight lines, it's got mm. the most comfortable seats, 
Yep. Um, no, oh, oh, I got more, even more comfortable seats for you, Mr. Haig. What's that? It's a triple-A stadium. The Las Vegas ballpark. Oh, really? Okay. Bill Foley built. You know those, like, fancy, like, $1,000 office chairs that have, like, the mesh, the springy mesh? Yeah. Yeah. That's the seats at the Las Vegas ballpark. All around. All around. Wow, pretty impressive. It, it, I mean, I, I was out there for Major League Weekend back in February. And let me tell you, <laughs> I have never in my life been so comfortable. But what was going on at that, at that stadium that, in February that you were in that stadium for? Indians A's. Every in they February? have two weekends. Yeah, the end of February is out there. It was like the first weekend of spring training games. They they have two weekends a year where and they, they play, have they play spring training games in Las Vegas. Yep. Wow, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty yep. impressive. Yeah, they do it every year. It's called Big League Weekend or something. And now I think it's like yep. the A's. So they had to be part of it. But I know like the next weekend. After we left was uh, Cubs and Reds, I think. Wow. That's a nice ballpark, though. Gorgeous ballpark, actually. Uh, well, there, um, mark my words on it, the next time that Major League Baseball, well, the next time Major League Baseball expands, the first they're thing Vegas. to get in this, what's that? It's Vegas. Because they already have, they already. Montreal. It's Montreal. Montreal gets the first one, and uh, well, they'd have to add two, so then Vegas would get the second one. Vegas would get the second one, right? They wouldn't. They don't have to add two. Why do they have to add two? Because you you would be uneven. Uh, you're oh yeah, within a, within a league and you have an uneven schedule. And yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You'd have to. But add I was two. thinking about like uh, I was thinking of un- uneven. Uh, divisions. I said, there's uneven divisions now. No, they would just go to four divisions then. They would go to four divisions in each. I'm telling I I really think that they're trying to push this extra playoff teams just so that they can add a fourth division in each league. Because then you would have two four-team divisions. Or four four four-team divisions in each league. Well, the, 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 the talk now, if there is baseball this year, is this uh, geographical divisions, which will cut down on air flight, and if they have to travel to and from by either train or bus. That's, That's even if they let them play in these stadiums. They may just be stuck in Florida or Texas or wherever. To... This makes no sense. Like I, I understand yeah, all... they have TV money that they need, and they're going to have a dogfight with this next CBA and this going to come at a worse time for them. Like the NFL players, the NFL, the NHL, and the NBA, all all those players should be breathing a huge sigh of relief. We don't have to deal with the CBA. The baseball yeah. players were already... Are screwed. They're screwed. They were, well, they're they screwed, screwed, but they were already pushing for a dogfight because they didn't like the way free agency has gone the last couple of years. They were already. Well, because dug they're in. all under the they're all under the idea that uh, there's collusion. It's collusion, right? But you can't but tell it, me it the Bryce Harper is. Yeah, but it can't be collusion 
if Garrett Cole gets $327 million. No, that's not. And I, I, I Bryce really, Harper gets $333 million. You can't. You can't say but that. What I'm saying, but, Jimmy, what I'm saying is there's no reason it should have taken Bryce Harper until the end of February to sign a contract last year and Machado to sign until the end of February last year. Because they this both year, wanted long-term, long, big-pay contracts. Yeah. If they wanted to sign right away, don't you think, you know, either one of them could have signed for, like, I know for a fact the Dodgers would have brought Machado back if he was willing to sign five years at 135 mil, but no, he wanted 10 years. I, I tell you, the thing with Harper was he just didn't want the um, – he didn't, he, didn't the, um, he didn't want he didn't the. Want um, he didn't want DC. He wanted to get out of DC. He I don't know if he that. didn't want DC. I just know he didn't want the deferred money. Well, guess what? That's the sign of the times in all sports. So you know what? They better learn to the fact that that's what's going to happen is deferred money. It, they're all doing it. They're all going to have to do it. Like for instance, you know, like. I'm really sick and tired of all these people that throw it up in my face every July 1st. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. You know what? Give Bonilla's agent credit that he got a contract where it took his money and got deferred. And quite honestly, you know, like, for instance, is it happy? How come it's not happy Johan Santana Day or happy Carlos Beltran Day? You know, the Mets were paying Beltran all the way up until last year. How about happy, happy Brett Saberhagen Day? They, they were paying him, too, still. They're paying him, but nobody wants to say that. They only want to say Bobby Bonilla. And quite honestly, the, the Wilpons thought that they were getting over on the Mets, that they were getting over on these players because they had made off, and it was like a, a way to just print money. So when the agents would say to them, say, yeah, you know what? You know, we'll, we'll take um, $5 million up front now, and then $1.5 million a year for every year until 2035. Is that okay with you? Yeah, fine, no problem. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to worry about paying that right away. <laughs> you know what? That's true. Like, and my, you know, here's the thing. Like, I think they all started to realize that when the, the Rangers went bankrupt and they saw the biggest creditor they had was Aaron. That's right. They're all going, wait a second. <laughs> He's going to settle for, he better settle for the whole goddamn thing. Yeah. Or he won't get any of it. Yeah. Right. He, that's why he, he better settle for, he better settle for some of it because he ain't going to get a dime. That's what that yeah. whole problem was when the Texas Rangers went bankrupt. Yes. You know. Oh. But, and that was Tom Hicks. That she knew yep. that he was. It's amazing how, like, all these teams, like, the Islanders had the guy who was defrauding everybody for money. Bruce oh McNall, who his made was, the... His, his was the worst. Bruce McNall, who owned the guy Kings was... and made the Gretzky trade. His was... He went to jail. Like... Yeah. <laughs> I'm almost like, who the hell does the background checks on these guys? Yeah, no. What was the guy... Well, I can't think of the guy's name who was the owner of the Islanders for an hour and a half and was... He had no money at all. He had zero. Yeah. That may be one of my. That may be my favorite thirty for thirty. Yeah. That may be my favorite thirty for thirty. That was that was produced and uh, narrated by the guy from Entourage. 
Yeah. What a great 30 for 30 that was. And the sad part was that guy was like a day or two away from making it all work. Yeah. Well, like, I, don't think, I don't know. I, I think it was on the verge of catching up to him. Um, but he was in, he was on target to receive um, a huge chunk from the NHL's uh, TV contract which, from ESPN, which really wasn't that big of a chunk, but it was going to be substantial enough to keep him afloat. Him he and that, that restaurant owner. He was, he was defrauding everybody left and right. Yeah, it was you him know. and the restaurant owner. It was that and the restaurant owner on Long Island that was going to do it. Yeah. And they were, defra- they were defrauding everybody. Um, and uh, they were going to be able to at least uh, keep their uh, facade going on for another, say, six months. But they still had to worry about paying people. Yeah. They weren't going to pay anybody. So, Which is anyway. truly amazing. It is. All right. So is there, no phone calls coming in tonight? Is it just me and you? No, it's me and you. But that, that one guy kept calling, but they hung up, and then he'll probably call back again, and he'll hang up. Yeah, right. All right, because right. right, I, I now have nine minutes. I thought I was going to give you an hour. It's now been an hour and 21 minutes. And I gotta get off the phone by seven thirty because I got another phone, another phone call I gotta make. So I hate to, right. I hate to do it to you, George. But that's okay. So. Um, how is your podcast going? My podcast is going very well, thank God, very well. Um, I'm, I'm not getting any money for it, but I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Um, thanks for giving it a plug, the Hudson County Sports mm-hmm. Podcast. Um, I'm now in week twenty six of the podcast. Um, I've had uh, a whole bunch of different guests, including, um, I don't know, let's see, uh, two people from your alma mater, Jim Spinocco and Michael Corrin, and Jack Curry. So those are three people from your That's alma mater. That's three from us. I've, I've had three three from Hudson Catholic, more than any, maybe anybody else. Um, I'm I've still had, waiting for um, the fourth member of Hudson, Hudson Catholic to make that when we do the 2000 retrospect. That's why I put that oh, in there. Two, the two thousand retrospect. There you go. When you have Jiggy Morial who bagged out of uh, of giving that trophy, and I had to go and give that trophy. Uh, I still appreciate you day. doing it though. And somebody, and somebody, uh, I just did two people who just came and came to and me, and I now I don't remember who. One was the uh, the former NHL linesman uh, whose son played on that team with you. Tommy right. Spanel. he was no, he yeah. was a video replay judge. Okay, um, he he worked out he worked out at the same gym that I work out at. It worked out at before the pandemic hit. And then oh, there was Tommy Spanel. I said hello. Uh, like, well, whenever we go back there, who knows? Right, <laughs> and then and I did say that I did say that that I'm friendly with you and that I talk to you on this all the time. Okay, oh. and then uh, there was somebody else. Oh, well, now it's going to drive me crazy. Names are, are fleeting away from me, George, as I get older. That's right. uh, but there was somebody else who was involved with that with that team. McGady? No, 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 no. Somebody just, just recently come out of the blue and said, yeah, I was there when you presented the the trophy to my son's 
team, and he and my son played on that team, and I can't think of, you know who it was, but his this is a guy who uh, listens to my podcast and comp, uh, commented on it, and I don't know, I didn't know who the man was. So, but anyway, you ask him more about the podcast. Um, we've had a whole bunch of different guests, um, you know, from uh, from professional from pro- professional baseball. We've had Mark Lukashevitz and um, who pitched for the Cal- California Angels, and Joe Borowski was a couple of weeks ago. Um, I've had Mike Leonardo, the former coach at uh, Marist, was uh, basketball coach at Marist, was uh, on with me last week. Uh, Damon Hughes, who played for Bayonne and um, ended up playing for a long time with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, trying to think who else that we've had. Um, Gail Marquis, who was uh, a member of the U.S. Olympic basketball team in 1976, who wow. lives in Jersey City. Um, I'm trying to think. And next week will be Angela Zampella, the, the former uh, St. Dominic basketball player, played for St. Joseph Philly and played 10 years of pro ball in Italy, which gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. Um, and then the first one of all was Bob Hurley, who did who started it all off. Uh, last November and uh, has, um, helped to give it a little bit of credibility. So it's been a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun doing it. I've gotten a lot of response back from people. And still to this day, you're not going to guess who the most popular guest was on the, on the, uh, on the podcast. Was it Hurley? No, not he got more than Hurley. It was wow. Mike Rooney. Mike, my uncle? Mike Rooney is your uncle? He's a cousin, but we call him my uncle. No, he's he's family. I'll be darned. How about that? When did you have Rooney on? How did I miss this? I don't know. Mike Rooney was the third one. The third one. And, uh, yeah, so uh, if anybody wants to listen to past episodes of the uh, Hudson County Sports Podcast, they can go to YouTube or uh, Facebook or Twitter. You can go to Facebook, go to my page, which is, you know, Jim Hague, or Twitter. Um, they could uh, go on Twitter and listen to them. Or more important, the easiest way is to go to the YouTube page and just put in Hudson County Sports Podcast, and they'll all appear one after the other. And I just finished taping 26, and I've got three others in the can, and Buddy Matthews from Hoboken will be my guest tomorrow morning. So it's going very, very well. I'm, I can't be more pleased. Still waiting so for Chris. the hug. I'm still waiting for me to be on there. Uh, okay. There was we, two well, episodes with Rooney. No, just one. It says oh. Rooney too, but that's that's oh, okay. me not knowing how to t- how to do it. Oh, okay. There's only there's only one with Rooney. There were two with Mike Grinelli because I couldn't stop him from going. He just kept going and going and going. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can only imagine. I can imagine I Rooney. Stop. Rooney, if you get a chance, you got to listen to it. It was going to. I'll basically, I'm going to tell you real quick to, to the Rooney story. I told Rooney beforehand, I said, Rooney, you got to do me a favor. You can't curse because I'm not going to start all over again if you curse, especially if you're late, well late into the show. I'm not going to stop it and do it all over again. He goes, okay, yeah. no problem, Jimmy. I guarantee you I won't, I won't curse. I said, okay. Well, first time we do it, 14 minutes in, he drops the first MF. Boom. <laughs> I said, Rooney, 
I could, you should have sent it to me. I could have bleeped it out for you, Jim. Okay. Well, I don't know how to edit and edit and bleep it and whatever. So, anyway, um, I then said, Rooney, we got to do it all over again. All right, no problem. I know what I said. This time, seven minutes into it, and he drops another one. This one having to do with a Hoover vacuum uh, what a Hoover <laughs> vacuum does. And I said, you got yeah, one more shot, Rooney. If you screw up this one, we're never going to do it again. He goes, oh, I promise it won't happen again. And then sure enough, we got through it. Ben, get this. He, the entire phone call was taped inside a classroom in the basement of Dickinson High School. And <laughs> Is he, he ready for the game? Get, he, no. He had to oh. get into Dickinson that early. So this way he could secure him getting into the gym so he could have his, his uh, men's league. Yep. So he had to get in early, and um, uh, but he couldn't, he couldn't go in, you know, at a normal time because everybody would pay attention to it. So he had to sneak in the back door of Dickinson at, um, you know, like say at uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and then at 6 o'clock, um, was when his league was going to start. Yep. So then all of a sudden, it was 50 minutes into it, and he said, oh, I heard something, and that was it. He didn't say goodbye. He didn't give me a chance to <laughs> say farewell. Thanks for thanks for listening. Just boom. So if you ever get a chance to listen to the Rooney, watch how it ends. He just doesn't, doesn't even say goodbye. He just is gone. It's, that's, that's how he is with me, too. Don't feel Don't feel bad. Yeah, it's a, it was incredible. So Rooney, Rooney still to this day, twelve thousand twelve thousand people have listened to the Rooney podcast, and all over the country. There's a guy wow. named Al Asham, who is in Little Rock. Uh, no, he's in um, Norman, Oklahoma, and he's got a he's, he considers himself to be the Mike Francesa of Norman, Oklahoma, and he talks hmm. about Oklahoma sports and whatever. And he had Rooney on as his guest. And what did they talk about? Being on the Hudson County Sports Podcast. So, oh, wow. Yeah, it was classic. So, so it's That's really good. going right. well. Now, it's really going well. I'm really happy with, uh, with uh, the response it's getting. Now, if I can only sell ads for it, uh, then I won't have to worry about losing the Hudson Reporter like I did. So. It's, it's tough now because nobody's putting out money. Nobody's putting out money anywhere. No, I know. But, you know. I, at least, George, I'm having fun doing it. That's all that matters. Yeah. I'm having fun. All right, Jimmy. Well, all right, brother. Go do what you got to do. I'll talk to you soon. To you. Thanks so very much. And I will talk You're to welcome. you soon, okay? All right, Jimmy. You take care of yourself, pal. You too, bud. Bye, pal. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. 563-999-3488 is the number for calls. Louie, how the hell are you? All right, George. Uh, I've been trying to get on. Uh, I know. Go back to your first. I've seen it. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I made a mistake the first hour, and uh, like <laughs> we didn't get right. called until seven. I didn't realize that we were going to go so much longer than Mr. Haig. <laughs> okay. Well, right, I was going to ask you a question about sports go about uh, sports being played. Well, it depends. I mean, baseball. Yeah, I can see that being played, even though there's an uproar going on between the players and the owners right now. Well, what else is new? That's been going on for like a hundred years. But well, when yeah. you look at, you know, because baseball owners think <laughs> yeah. that they're the product on the field. 
Yeah, I know. I've lived through eight strikes and lockouts, so I know. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm just trying to think, you know, in, in terms of, of logic, you know, because uh, baseball doesn't have this much contact. I mean, you're not right in front of each other like you are in football where you're ready to kick the crap out of each other. And, yeah. you know, this thing – and um, – uh, basketball, you're pretty much on top of each other. I mean, you know, the physicality, I mean, there's no way you can stand six feet apart. You can't even stand ten feet apart, probably. So, as much as I like to see the game being played again, it, you well, know, chances are, I'm, I don't know, uh, even though uh, they took, um, like, a vote today with that, with the um, NBA Players Association, as much as I wanted to see the game back, hmm, I'm kind of skeptical about it. Football, well, you got time for football before they can figure it out, because Training camp doesn't open for another eight weeks anyway, so they got time to figure it out. You know, yeah. Boxing, you know, forget it. I mean, because you're almost, you know, you're ready to kill each other. Yeah, see, here's go. the thing with Bob. So, here's the whole thing with that, though. Okay. Like, you look at, like, the UFC and the WWE. They've been able to mm-hmm. successfully put on events. WWE's been doing it since March. Yeah. As long as you hold, the, hold out that one – your doctors are going to have to clear everybody. Two, you do what WWE is doing. Nothing's live. Everything's taped. They have a maximum of, I think it's five pe- five or six people in the building. Mm-hmm. They shoot their segment. They get the hell out. They, they, they you know, shoot them with a infrared thermometer. That's fine. UFC did the same thing. Unfortunately for them, they had a fighter and his team test positive. Now, do you blame mm-hmm. that on the UFC? Absolutely not. And no. they're not doing the face-offs like they, nor- like they normally would do. So, yeah, that, that'll work. Like, it, it'll absolutely positively work in the combat sports because you don't have many people there. Like, even if you're hitting somebody. If, if, the problem now, and I said this last week on the show, and I don't know if you heard it. I don't even remember which of the 17 shows I feel like I did last week that I said it on. <laughs> we are right Sunday, now. So. <laughs> we are in the um, AIDS virus part of this virus. Where if you go back to like 91 when Magic Johnson came down with the AIDS virus and you had Carl Malone saying right. dumb shit. Right. So if you start thinking about it, because nobody knows anything, nobody knows fully. I, I mean, this, the coronavirus is this generation's AIDS virus. Because we yeah, don't know how it's passed. We don't know anything about it. And everybody's getting, and you're treating it with fear. And when you start treating stuff with fear, then you get stupidity. I mean, look at what Magic Johnson went through. Exactly. Like the first time he came remember back. He, remember when he came back and he got mm-hmm. a cut and everyone was like, oh, Magic's got a cut, Magic's got a cut. They detailed it great in the announcement on the 30 for 30. Well, yeah. at some point, we got to start living, you got to start living your life. Like you can't keep living in fear. We were less fearful after 9-11 and we watched two buildings fall. Right, and we came back in a week. Yeah. This, and look, and I understand it. You're not going to have mass gatherings. I get that. I I agree with the Gene Smith at Ohio State. No, 
if we're going to sit here and do this, how do we put 22 kids up against each other and practices and all this other stuff? Because that's the part like people don't see. There's games, mm-hmm. and then there's practices. Practices, you're, you're breathing all over people. For, for How are you going to have practices in any of these sports? Baseball, football, basketball, hockey. How are you going to have practices? Are you going to do a skating drill in the NHL with guys six feet apart? Mm. No. I, I, Shut everything down until January start then. That's really it. I mean, that, yeah. at this point, shut, shut professional sports down, shut amateur sports down, shut them down till January. Because if you listen to Fauci, he's not giving you a good anything. There's not a good report anyway. anyway. So, like, it, what do we? We don't know anything anymore. Especially from Fauci. Yeah. Well, he—he's a doctor. He's—he's he's cautious. I, yeah, but he can't make can't, up his mind. He—he can't change his tune every day. Because this is the thing with this thing. It's changing every day, and they shouldn't be coming out and giving. They shouldn't be having press conferences every day. No. Just like NFL That's coaches shouldn't be having press conferences every day. Neither should they. No. I mean, that's the worst part of it because, you know, they keep doing it and um, they keep telling you one day one thing and one day something else. Well, that's because, and if you think about it, the feds have different information from the states. The states have different information from the counties. The counties have different information from the cities. So everybody's got to have a fucking press conference. You know, there's no reason why Governor Horsetooth Jackass and, and Governor, my brother, didn't have the coronavirus, but we said it made it look like it did, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, President Cheeto and the Wicked Witch of the West and, you know, all them, they all sit there and do this. It's like, shut the fuck up already. Nobody, you, you don't know shit. You don't know your ass from your elbow when it comes to this. Remember the old Mike and Mike just shut up? We should just start giving out the just shut up awards. Yeah, and they got their heads, their, and they got their head up their ass. They, so uh, most of them can't find it with two hands, a bright light, and a neon fucking sign pointing to it. I mean, that, that's the problem. Yeah, that too. Not to get political or nothing. No, but sometimes you have to, even though you can't avoid it. Yeah, well, yeah that's why you refer to them in by nickname and not by name. Right. You pick out which nickname everybody likes the most. You know, I haven't figured out which other, one yet. Which, yeah, I, I try my best. But, like, you really look at this whole thing. But, like, see, well, that's one part of it. And then, like, we, we were referencing before with the players saying, oh, take half the money. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I signed a contract. That is guaranteed money. You ain't never giving that back to me. <laughs> That's fuck And then they're saying, oh, yeah, that's what you think. What are you going to do? Because I tell you right now, there is nothing in those contracts that if the, if the season isn't played or a pandemic comes, those, those, those monies on opening day are guaranteed. 
whether they play 162 games or 100 and fucking 100 games, they are guaranteed. That's what I thought. The owners, yeah. Yeah. right? But like, and here's the other thing: Major League players already have been players in Major League Baseball have been told start collecting and start saving in case there's a lockout because they think there's going to be next year when the CBA is up. Right. This is not exact. This is when the owners should start kissing these players' ass because the players have players are just going to be like, no, fuck you, no. We don't care. You don't do a good enough job of promoting us. Think about it. Next year, if they, if let's just say they lock them out, mm-hmm. what's going to stop players? Hey, you're locked out. You don't have a contract. What's to stop these players from saying, "Hey, uh, Team USA, I want to play for the Olympic team. Team Canada, I want to play for Baseball Canada." Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico. Hey, we want to play. Right. We're ready to go. I mean, this can this can come at a worse time. I mean, because you have mm-hmm. this, the collective arguing disagreement. I mean, collective bargaining agreement is up at the end of next year. So is it next like year or is it the end of this year? No, I think it's this year. I no, I heard it was um, December twenty twenty one. Yeah, so it's up at the end of. Oh, is it next year? Oh yeah, you're right. It's twenty twenty yes. still. Yes. Shit, forget about my Olympic thing. Yeah. But so, still. With, on top of that, you know, with this happening, and who knows if they're going to play this season at all, then you have to worry about the collective bargaining agreement uh, next season, and, you know, you're up against the clock on this one, so you're really screwed. 9-11 saved you, but this might not. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing that people forget. 9-11 is the absolute reason why they didn't strike in twenty in 2002. That's true. August 31st of 2002, those players were not going anywhere. And then John Franco and Al Leiter and guys like that said, whoa, we can't do this. There's no way we can do this. <laughs> There's no way. There's right. absolutely no way we can do this right now. Not in this country. Uh-uh, not right now. And they were right. Guess what? Would you miss baseball if it wasn't here? Yeah, I would. Uh, some teams more than others, but I, w- you know, I would miss it. But there are some teams. There are some teams I would miss, but there are some teams I definitely would not. Would you miss? Mi- no, I'm saying, would you miss the game in general? Not not teams, not players, nothing. Would you miss the game in general? I would. I would miss the game. Yes. I don't know if I would. I really don't. As hmm. a red blooded American who loves apple pie and Twinkies. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think I'd miss baseball. Because literally, if you're if you're a sports fan, like if you're a hockey fan, you're a basketball fan, you're a football fan, right? Those sports do a pretty damn good job of melding into each other. They do. Like hockey goes to mid June. Football starts in month six weeks later. That's six right. weeks to watch NASCAR. And go to the beach. There's no reason for baseball. Baseball is going to eat itself. And Rob Manfred's going to be the one that's holding the bag at the end. The mm-hmm. only problem well, is, guess, is right now is that there's no other sport going on. Like UFC, kill, UFC right. killed it Saturday night. 
If there was other sports going on right now, no right? Give a crap. Was, nobody would give a shit. If they said, oh, we can play hockey, but we can't play baseball, people would be like, all right, we're watching hockey. Hell, people are watching. Well, hockey Yosha. gets a bad rap on this country, though. You know, that's the thing. Well, that's because it's a – never mind. <laughs> because it's a primarily gringo sport. Right. And, they, and most people don't grow up near hockey rinks. True. I'll tell you right now, if hockey was the only thing on, people would be watching hockey. If hockey was the first of the sports to come back, people would be watching hockey. I know I and would. the world would reel, and, and people in this country would be like, damn, that's a great game. I don't understand the shit, but it's fun to watch. It's fast. Pretty cool. Yeah. Here in Chelsea Dagger in Chicago is pretty damn cool. Seeing the presentation uh, in, at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas is pretty freaking cool. That's the problem. Yeah. Is that there's less teeth. And less teeth in this country gets, you know. Right. It is what it is on that point. Yeah, that's been a problem. Like, you know, like, you know, and they can't even see the puck. You know, that's, that's another thing, too. That's because you don't know how to watch hockey. Well, I do. I mean, but people, uh, people in general, they, they don't, uh, they don't know. I mean, you know I guess why? it's like Fox, even... you know, they're... Yeah, well, Fox is trying to, and look, that the was coming puck. back for the playoffs. They were using a glow puck in the Stanley Cup final this year. I know. I and, mean, and the player that, tracking that technology? Fun, though, but, you know, too, but I guess people thought it was too gimmicky, and, uh, you know, they just did away with that. No, you know who thought it was too gimmicky? Canada. Of course. The, 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 the Canadian broadcasters thought it was too gimmicky. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Bet you all got to figure out how to watch football, too. You'll hear us bitching and moaning about it. Oh, wait, we're not up there. I'm uh, sorry. Canada hasn't won a goddamn thing in 27 years in the NHL. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, New Jersey. It's like there was um, – should they bring back the uh, Quebec Nordique jerseys in that in Colorado? Oh, yeah, bring uh, them back. Let's see, how, let's see how well Canada looks at that one. This is how bad it is for radio people, especially if yeah. you cover one thing or one sport and you don't have a clue on how to talk about anything else. You start bringing up, should the Colorado Avalanche bring back the Quebec Nordique jerseys? It just shows you don't know hockey. The fact that Carolina brought back the Whaler jerseys is disgraceful. Yeah. It'd be like the Dallas Stars coming out wearing North Star jerseys. Yeah, okay. Wear that. Yeah, sure. Let's see how fast the state of Minnesota, the state of hockey in this country, turns on you. Let alone try to find a North Stars jersey today. It's damn near impossible. Mm, I don't think you'll find one. It's hard. It's I really hard to find. I think you ask anybody under the age of 21 and, um, who lives there, like, what are, what are the uh, what were the Minnesota North Stars? Oh, boy. 
That was a team that Gordon Bombay was. No, they would. I, I guarantee you, anybody under twenty-one would say that was the team that the Mighty Ducks wanted to watch. Uh huh. D one. The Mighty Ducks. Think no, about that. They need a team out of that, but still. Yeah. Well, Disney owned the team, and they own the name. Yeah. Kudos to them. That's why yeah, Michael Eisner got cup. put out. They do win a yeah. Stanley Cup, of course. They had a change yeah, they had the Niedermeyer brothers one year. In the in the cup, they had a couple years. They had a couple. They had Niedermeyer for a few years. Yeah, but they, but brothers in the final. Oh, the brothers each together. Other. Yeah. yeah. No, they weren't. Yeah. Well, they were on the same team. That's why Scotty went there. No, one was on. No, they were under oh, the team. Right. Um, you're right. You're right. Had to come out of whom I'm like best. Scott, he made more money. Yeah. <laughs> Scott bought the right. house. Well, I'm older, so I think I deserve it more. <laughs> oh boy. Well, that's you all know, playful those... stuff. But you know, uh, it's kind of like Cain and Abel. <laughs> but think about the whole thing, though. Like that came out of. Like, Gary Bettman, five years ago, was the worst commissioner going. Gary Bettman may be the best of all of them right now. Think so? Yes. He's still a dick. He's still a dick. I'm not saying he's not. But compared to Goodell and Adam Silver and and Rob Mm. Manfred? Manfred? That prick. That guy, that, like, Bettman is, like, the lesser of all the evils. Just he, he's, he's finally started to get out of his own fucking way. Must be his old age. No, it's guys being around him there telling him, Gary, you, you really need to think about this. You don't think having J.D. back in New York's helping that out? Mm. Yeah, well, look, I mean, it's three lockouts, a canceled season and whatnot, and, you know, I mean, he almost destroyed the league. Did he destroy the league, or did he make the league financially solvent? I mean, you know, because, all, he, all he's done through in the last well, 25 years, well, how long he's been hold commissioner. On. Let, let's remember this one thing about commissioners. They don't okay. work on their own. Okay. Let's think about that. What all commissioner right. works on behalf of himself? <laughs> I think you're right. Probably none of them do. They they're damn so right. They got. Though. Why? Why does everybody hate the president? Think you know, about it. Political. No, it's because. The, <laughs> all right. So, Dave, get, John Mara and and Steve Tisch have not given the Giants a chance to win in the last nine years. Right. Because they're idiots. They've made bad hirings. They've been. Made, They've made, they've allowed for bad drafts to be made. They kept Jerry Reese four seasons too long. They made the wrong hire there. Who gets the axe? Fossil. Commissioner. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, the owners aren't going to fire themselves. Nope. And, and if and if you think Gary Bettman or Roger Goodell or Adam Silver or 
man fraud. We're doing a bad job. You think they'd have the money they're making? You th- you think those owners would keep them in in power? Always laugh. You think no, Roger Dell's doing a terrible job? You really think that Robert Kraft and and and, and Tish and the Rooneys and Jerry Jones wouldn't say, "Okay, time to go." No. Yeah, no, but yeah, Goodell money. is very, Goodell is not well liked though. Who cares? The owners love them. This, those guys are businessmen. They want to make money. Right. And Roger Goodell's making the money hand over fist. The Dallas Cowboys are worth five billion dollars. The Patriots mm-hmm. are worth three billion dollars. Yeah. Robert Kraft paid. $250 million for the New England Patriots, all said and done, between buying the land around the stadium and buying the team. His build, his team is worth $3 billion. Think he thinks that Roger Goodell's doing a shitty job? Mm, no, he, he doesn't. Fleeced, he, he fleeced Disney out of $2 billion for one game, one game a week, one game. Yep. Not a slate of games. One game. One. And the draft. And the Pro Bowl. Who gives a shit? What is in it? What is what does ESPN do? Twenty games a year? They get two in week one because they don't have one in week seventeen. They have twenty okay. games a year. And they pay two billion dollars for it. You think they, do you think the owners give a shit about how bad of a commissioner that the fans think that Roger Goodell's doing? No. Gary Bettman has made the NHL worth like 500, made teams in the NHL worth hundreds of millions of dollars. You think they think he's doing a shitty job? You well, think he's don't. doing such a, you think he's doing such a bad job that Bill Foley spent $500 million to bring a team to the desert? I mean, the Coyotes? No, the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, Five hundred million dollars was the was the That's expansion right. fee. And what they get six hundred, seven hundred for Seattle? And, and guess what? There's thirty owners that are going, Yay, money. We get free money. <laughs> and we get to go and take our sponsors out to Vegas. Oh. I'm telling you. I know for a fact the reason why they love Vegas and why Vegas got the Granted, they've put the team together themselves. But yes. do you know why the Vegas Golden Knights got the luck of the draw that they had? Because NHL sponsors were going, hey, we want to go to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why do you think all these old guys have personal services contracts? Hey, you want to go out to Vegas? Sure. Entertain a couple clients? Absolutely. Who's paying for it? We are. Okay. We are. Gallagher's it is. And when they did, they brought in, you know, experienced players, not like a bunch of uh, rookies just getting out of college. They brought players who knew how to win and win Stanley Cups, and that's why they did so well. So I was not surprised that they got to the uh, finals in their first year. Everybody else thought I was crazy. Well, let's not forget, there there was a lot of guys with no names, and they had arguably a top-five goaltender. But yeah, I wouldn't but, um, really you know, look I at would. the rest of that roster and go, this is a team that should go to the Stanley Cup final. As much as I love the Knights. Right. 
I mean, you know, because first-year teams usually don't draw well, and they don't do well, you know, when they first get there. Because, like, when the Devils came, oh, they were horrible. It was, you know, even Wayne Gretzky said they were a Mickey Mouse organization. They were pathetic. And believe me, they were. I was at some of those games. And think about it. They still are a Mickey Mouse organization. That's true. That hasn't changed. Even if they won three cups? They're still piss poor. Oh, oh, no. It's back to be the Mickey Mouse organization. Yeah. They're a shit show. They're an absolute yeah, the one shit they show. Yeah. They're, they had an owner that was broke. Some owner. Yeah. Vanderbeek was broke. That's the part of this that nobody understands. That's why the Kovalchuk deal had to be made. Because he thought that Kovalchuk would make the team successful and viable and he got helped out because they went to the cup final and all that stuff. <laughs> well, guess what? It didn't work for you. Wrong. And he had to sell the team and he was so in debt. He thought that when they moved to Newark that the people who complained about going to Continental would start showing up in Newark. And they did it. It was a shithole. It's not just that. It has nothing to do it, it. The people that were going to games, you know, like the, the people who were going to games from Bergen County who drove to the game, they're not going to drive to Newark at rush hour. Have you ever seen 21 at rush hour? Yes. Do you really want to sit in that to go to a hockey game? Uh, No, I had had a bad time getting out of the swamp in in the Meadowlands. Yeah, you'd still rather try to get out of the swamp. Yeah, but it was easy to get into the swamp. Because all the traffic was going away from the swamp. Yeah, but I mean, it took... It was quicker to get in, though, than to get out. <laughs> well, yeah, because it was a, it was a poorly designed parking lot. You can say that again. The whole place is poorly designed. It's still poorly designed. They still can't figure out how to get people in and out. But that's because they've now made it private, and they don't have the NJSEA guys moving you around. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, I know that time for you is up, so I'll just leave it there. No, it's and, not. Uh, Actually, up. no, we got another hour. Oh, you do? Oh, I thought you were doing eight. No, I, no, I said uh, we can change it. It's another hour. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I got I got to make uh, one more call, but if if the um, show is over by the time you're still on, I'll, I'll try and reach back for the last half hour. Sounds good. All right, George, thanks. You're welcome, Louie. All right. You're listening to the George Bruce Show on Block Talk Radio. Hey, it's Coach Kevin from Superfans.com. Superfan Shirts. Superfans has Boston's best t-shirts. Uppercase B's for the adults and lowercase B's for the kids. You see our street hustlers at your favorite event or you shop with us at Superfans.com. At Superfans, we're just like you. We take pride in our town and support the best our teams have to offer. Listen to your New England soul. Visit Superfans.com and say hello next time you see us around town. We make Boston's best t-shirts for New England's best fans. 
Superfans. Superfans is a proud sponsor of Dirty Water TV. Hi, this is Kenny Chesney for RAS. There are a lot of things we have no control of in life, but that doesn't include drunk driving. Be smart. If you drink, don't drive. Think ahead and choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council.
one game. If we play them ten times, they might win nine. But not this game. Not tonight. Tonight, we stay with them. Tonight, we stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Tonight, we are the greatest hockey team in the world. You were born to be hockey, every one of you. And you were meant to be here tonight. This is your time. Their time is done. It's over. I'm sick and tired hearing about what a great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Hi, this is David Cornwell, and you're listening to What's Brewing on Blog Talk Radio. All right, welcome back to the George Bruce Show here on the What's Brewing Sports Radio Network, powered by the almighty Blog Talk Radio. I am, as Mr. Cornwell said, George Brew. You know, it's funny how the media types don't know really how to do the job anymore. I saw today the New York Giants had their first of their Zoom meetings and Zoom OTAs or whatever they're calling them now. And a member of the NFL media, who doesn't like me and has blocked me on Twitter, (laughs) that's the great thing about having double accounts, is that you can still see the idiocy that they post said, and I quote, I'm amazed that the Giants or that Joe Judge, Giants head coach, has stated that they're not going to run the same offense as they did last year. Well, no shit. Nobody's there anymore. It was a terrible offense to begin with last year with a terrible coach that was made for Eli Manning. Now you have Daniel Jones, who has been given the reins of the New York football Giants. Hopefully a healthy Saquon Barkley for the entire season. And you just look at this whole scenario playing out with the Giants and it's it's gotta give you optimism. Where you have a head coach as your offensive coordinator. So Joe Judge isn't flying blind. Joe Judge also worked for the Patriots. Let's time I checked, pretty good when he was there, even though he was a special teams coach, but that's the way the league's going. You look at John Harbaugh, he was a special teams coach. You can't fault them for changing stuff. Was the Giants offense good last year? No. Did it have its moments? Maybe depending on who you ask. But they are set up to go starting day one. Barkley's ankles should be healed by now. And let's not forget, not having OTAs, 
means that guys aren't going to be taking extra reps, getting hurt. In all honesty, OTAs are a waste of time for veterans. They know what they're doing. Oh, this is to get timing with you know new receivers. Well, you didn't get any of those. And yes, Daniel Jones is learning his second new offense in two years. But it wasn't like he was ingrained in an offense. He was learning Eli Manning's offense last year. The Giants will be fine. They had a good draft this year. They will progress. Is it going to be, are they going to return to the glory days anytime soon? I don't know. Who does? And let's not forget, all the cuts haven't been made yet. Let's get all the cuts made on on June 1st and see where we are. Because when you start doing that and you start seeing what you could put together as a team, then maybe, just maybe, you could start worrying about it. We brought up last week, when you look at the Giants' schedule, they had two Monday night games. The New York football Giants, like late October, early November, um, retirement and nights. This is going to be the year we do the Giants' ring of honor. This is going to be the night we do the Giants' disc, this, that, and the other thing. It's funny how the second Monday night game they have is against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you know anything about the Giants organization, you know that they love that shit. Spite, that's them. They're really good at it. And if you don't think That it, it, now, granted, this means if we get fans back in the stands, that the second game, the one against Tom Brady, you don't think that the Giants are going to sit there and say, I know the perfect night to retire Eli's number, and you, my friend, are a fool. Because that is New York Giants 101. We can make we can make Brady remember. I think if we've learned anything from the last dance is that sometimes it's not smart to tug on Superman's cape. Don't spin to the wind. As much as Giant fans would love it. Show back up. Wear the number ten jersey one more time. That they're stopped wearing. Retirement nights in football are a waste. They don't do them before the game. They do it at halftime. So it's a five-minute thing. It's not like Mark Messier night where you got an hour, hour and 20 minutes of gluck, 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 to Messier like the Rangers had. In football, you're lucky if you get five minutes. 
Do something else. You think whenever New England decides that they all right, you know, time's passed, we kinda like Tom again. They bring him back. I think when Tom Brady goes into the Patriots Hall of Fame, that they're not that they're gonna do that on the stairs outside the pro shop in Gillette. No, that's gonna be in the stadium. That's gonna be a ticketed event. You may not charge fifty bucks for it, hundred bucks for it, maybe GA and whatever, whoever shows up buys a ticket, you know, it goes to Patriots charities and whatnot. But they're going to do that there, and they're going to do it right. This is where the problem with with sharing the stadium comes in. Because if the Giants do something, the Jets have to get something. Jets want to host a draft party this year. The Giants get to host something else. Giants get to host a draft party next year. Oh, the Jets get the first game of the season at the stadium. Giants get the second one. Let's not forget when they closed Giants Stadium back in 2009, the Giants weren't even the last team to play there. It was the fucking Jets. In the win and in game on Sunday Night Football against the Miami Dolphins. Where the guy they casted away came back and broke their hearts. These retirements are not meant for the organization. They're meant for the fans. They're to give the fans one more time to tongue bathe their favorite players. You got to bring Tiki Barber back for Eli's? Get right. He's in the ring of honor, though. You can be like Phil Sims, where he wants to throw one last pass at Giant Stadium and he throws it to LT. What's he like going to say? I want to throw one last pass to David Tyree. That'll get Jimmy Pinkett's knickers all in a bunch and they'll be wet for weeks and have to rub his pussy in the stands. But in all seriousness, who cares? Because football doesn't do it right. I've been to countless ones in New England. And it's like, oh, they're doing it. Okay. The ring, cer- the, the banner ceremony. That's nice. That's for the fans. Break out Mackie Mac. We'll get Gronk out of here. He fucked all, he shit on all of you. But yeah, we'll bring Gronk back and you all cheer for him. Mindless sheep. He fucked you. He fucked the organization over. We don't care. It's Gronk. He'll sell some CBD oil. We'll be fine. Get him back here. It's not like you need to sell any more of these guys' jerseys. You've done enough of that. I think the Giants have sold enough Eli Manning jerseys. This is last week. I think the Patriots have sold enough Tom Brady jerseys. To the point where it's still, they still have them. They're going to have them. Whether or not he's a Patriot or not, they're still going to sell Tom Brady jerseys. The Giants are still going to sell number 10s. They still sell 11. They still sell 56. They still sell 92. 
Why? Because fans want them. It's where the NHL has a problem. There should be no reason you can't go onto Fanatics or NHL shop and you can't get a Mario Lemieux, a Wayne Gretzky jersey, a Bobby Orr jersey. We as fans need to start waking up and saying, enough's enough. Billionaires fighting with millionaires in baseball. Billionaires fighting with millionaires in basketball. The problem is there's not really a fight there because the owners in the NBA know or have been forced to know that it's a player-driven league. There's no tampering in the NBA because the players do it all themselves. You don't need to have somebody from your organization do it. They'll go to the All-Star game. Hey, I saw your contract's coming up. Did you come and play with us? You saw that happen with the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie and Kevin Durant and everything else. Okay, cool. They didn't light the world on fire. Next year they will if KD comes back. Oh, and how about this one? Kevin Durant's not coming back if they even start the season again. You think that guy cares? Cares about money. They don't care anymore. You care more than they do. The superstar athlete cares about the amount of fucks that you have. No. They cared Tom Brady would still be a patriot. They don't care. We care more than they do. And until we start waking up and saying, hey, (laughs) y'all got to figure this shit out. We're the ones that are going to be hurt. We're the ones that are hurt because there's no sports right now. Those guys, they don't care. Yeah, they'll do their little season ticket holder things and they'll play nice because they're told to and hey we need you to come and do this alright I'll do it for your contract alright I'll do it I'm not doing anything else today anyway you're going to see a time And it's going to be this pandemic. You're going to see guys before this is over say, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to put the work in. If you really look at it, especially in the seasons that were in session, hockey and and basketball, those guys are at the point where They've played since September. They've played 60, 70 games. Could they make another run of at most 38? Yeah, they could. Do they want to do that now after sitting at home for two months? We're two months into this, kids. And remember, it was 
We'll be back April. We'll reassess April 1st. We'll reassess April 15th. We'll reassess May 1st. We'll reassess May 15th. And now they're all going, oh, shit, we're nowhere near that. Why? Because this is what the world we live in right now. This is the world we live in. We talked a couple weeks ago about the NHL especially. You're going to sit there and you're going to restart the season. Okay. You have players who were allowed to go home. Okay. And some guys, aspects, going home does not mean shooting back up to Canada. There are players from the Boston Bruins who are Bruins who are back in Sweden. That's home. They went home. Getting them back in the country requires a two-week quarantine. So you have a two-week quarantine. Okay. You think about this. That's a two-week quarantine. So even if you said tomorrow we want to start the season mid-June, you got players coming back who would have to wait two weeks to re-enter the country. And since flights are limited, they're not going to show up the next day. So let's just say that they may have to wait until, I don't know, let's say next Monday, they have to be on their way back home. Okay. That's next Monday. That is the 18th. Okay. Two weeks from that is June 2nd. And you're going to start the season when? June 15th? No. Not a chance in hell. Not a chance in hell. So now you're looking at it more like July 1st. You really think that after three and a half months of this crap, these guys are going to want to play hockey again. And they're all going to say the right thing when they go to these. They can't say, no, I don't want to come back and play. Because then they're breaching their contract. This is where the union has to step in and protect the players from themselves. Just think about that. You have businesses seriously affected in this country. You have people not knowing where they're going to get their next meal from. Yeah, so kudos to the leagues for saying, oh, we're going to play without fans. Because they know they can't be charging playoff prices when this comes back. They know it. 
They're not doing that out of the good of their hearts. They're doing it because they don't want to have empty buildings, which they know they would have. They're finding out more than you are, and they don't care. They seriously don't care. They don't care about you. They don't care what I have to say. But you do, and that's why you're listening. 563-999-3488 is the number for phone calls. We will be back right after these words. Old school sponsors of the show. This is Ball Day from the Right Field Bleacher Creatures at Yankee Stadium, and all real Yankee fans know you get the authentic apparel at BaldVinny.com. Right Field Bleachers, anti-Boston, all the real stuff, all the hardcore fans wear, only shop BaldVinny.com. Hello, hockey fans. This is Paul Stewart, former NHL referee, ambassador for Hockey Fights Cancer, asking you to get in the fight. Dial 1-800-540-6500. Or log on to HockeyFightsCancer.com. Make a donation and become part of our team. Get in the fight. Hey, college basketball fans. This is Brian Felt from the Piper Athletic Fund at Seton Hall. If you're a Seton Hall basketball fan or just a college basketball fan living in New Jersey, the memories of the 1989 Seton Hall basketball team will forever live in your memory. You can get a copy of the brand new DVD, Band of Pirates, out now. Visit shupirates.com to order your copy today. Hi, this is Jennifer Corbin. Check me out at www.jennifercorbin.com. Hey, this is...
It's a no-hitter, a perfect game for Don Larson. Yogi Berra runs out, leaps in his arms. He's swarmed by his teammates. Listen to this crowd roar. Hi, folks. I've just spent a delightful time chatting with George Brew on his What's Brewing show. Boy, this guy asks great questions. He's fun to talk to. Just wonderful to listen to him and to hear what he has to say. And you'll enjoy it, too. So make sure to listen to What's Brewing with George Brew. You'll find it's a time of your life. Uh, welcome back to the George Brew Show here on Black Talk Radio. Another half hour or so to go. Five six three nine 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 three four eight eight is the number to call in. As you heard before, Louie probably will be calling back. We like Louie. Louie is great. Today, in the whatever he writes for now, Gary Myers wrote a thing about how it was Josh McDaniels was the reason why Tom Brady didn't want to be a Patriot anymore, and said on uh, Zolak and Bertrand up in uh, on ninety eight five Sports Hub. Well, if you knew where I got the source from, you would think it's extremely credible. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. Yeah, we all know Belichick told you. The only one that makes sense. People are, oh, it's Kraft. No, it's Belichick. Belichick and him have a good rapport. Back from when Belichick was in New York. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. Figure this out. At this point, well, who cares why he left? He left. He's not yours anymore. Stop worrying about it. Worry about what you have. Worry about your quarterback next year. So the Patriots thought, all right, we can go to war with him. Then they will. Jared Stidham's going to be fine. He will be fine for New England next year. They're not tanking. That's what fans want. Fans want tanking. We want Trevor Lawrence. No, you really don't. He doesn't play enough good teams. He had a great national championship game two years ago. Where was he this year? Kind of wondering what happened to him. Beginning of the year. This is the thing that you have to remember. Quarterbacks on these big college teams look better and appear better because they have all-world talent around them. Look at a guy like Geno Smith coming out of West Virginia. He was kind of right in Pat White's coattails. Pat White was good, so Geno Smith's got to be good. He really wasn't. Matt Leinert, he kind of rode the coattails of Reggie Bush. Nothing wrong with it. Mark Sanchez rode the coattails of the strength of the UFC UFC program. Again, nothing wrong with it. Absolutely, positively, nothing wrong with it. 
it's what it is. Don't tell me, though, that Tua is going to be great in the NFL because he was good at Alabama. Look at the talent he had around him. The Dolphins don't have that kind of talent. Joe Burrow going to the Cincinnati Bengals isn't going to have that much talent around him. He's going to have A.J. Green, hopefully, if A.J. wants to play. We saw last year he didn't. You saw how bad they were. Andy Dalton looked better because he had A.J. Green. And the Bengals aren't super terrible. They're a piss-poor run organization. Talent. I, I, I stand fully by what I said with Jim Hake. If you take Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre away from the Green Bay Packers, where are they for the last 10 years, 20 years? The answer is nowhere. They don't draft well. Not having an owner and having to answer to your shareholders isn't exactly great for business. Knowing you're going to be sold out every week doesn't make you have to win. Find me the team that doesn't have a sold-out stadium every week. Those are the owners that should be doing whatever they can to win, to get people in the building. Saturday night, I did the whole thing on the New Jersey Devils about how they play Saturday afternoon games, and their answer is always... Well, we do the Saturday and Sunday afternoon games for the kids, not realizing that the kids that you will come to a hockey game are playing their own games on Saturdays and Sundays in the morning. Find a hockey parent that you know. Ask them when their kids play. They're going to tell you it's Saturday and Sunday mornings. Ask them if that stops them from going to games. And let's not forget, hockey is an expensive sport. You do all the traveling, especially if your kid's playing travel hockey. There's a lot of money invested in it. The money's not to go to a Devils game. We want to get the kids there. There's the kids that care about hockey that aren't going to those games. Duh. I can't tell you how many times I've had that conversation with people that work for the devils. You know, you do know that the kids that want to come to hockey games aren't available to go to hockey games on a Saturday at 1 o'clock, a Saturday at noon. I don't care if SpongeBob's there. No, play those games at 4 o'clock, 6 o'clock. You don't have to have a 7 o'clock game on a Saturday. Start the game at 6. But no, you aren't going to do that. Why would you make sense? Making sense is too damn easy. Somebody with a white coat going, well, I think this is it. No, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. But you're going to pay millions of dollars. 
I want to find the guy who comes up with the slogans for the Devils and repeatedly punches nuts like a speed bag, and I'm Rocky Balboa. We are the ones. You know how many jokes were made because of the we are the ones? You are the ones that have turned a proud franchise back into the Mickey Mouse organization that Wayne Gretzky called you. This is where fans and people have to realize. If you put a good product on the ice, you don't have to have a marketing slogan. You really don't. If you're good enough, don't need a marketing slogan because people will come. People will spend their hard-earned money to go see you play. You look at a team like the Vegas Golden Knights. Hockey wasn't supposed to work in the desert. The Canadian media hated it. Absolutely hated it. Now they sing the praises of the organization. Oh, let's sing your... Now they're singing the praises of the organization. They're upset because Canada can't win shit in hockey. The last chance any of them had was Vancouver. And we all remember this. We require as a team proper levels of pugnacity, testosterone, truculence, and belligerence. Because diving doesn't work in the playoffs. Because biting isn't always a penalty. Because the green men don't have real jobs. Because we play the Edmonton Oilers and Minnesota Wild a combined 12 times per season. Because come summer, Roberto Luongo is always crying in a corner. Because we employed Todd Bertuzzi. Because our 82-game record is enough to hang our hat on. Because it gives our fans false hope. Because rioting comes second nature. Because at least we weren't swept. Because it's the President's Trophy. The team I feel worse for right now is is Edmonton. They finally got a goaltender. They finally started to put it together. Their only problem is that they're in the same division with the Knights. And again, I go back to the whole thing. If Gerard Gallant's the head coach of the Knights... They're fighting for a wild card spot. Right now, they're fighting for the division because they made the move. And the great move it was bringing in Pete DeBoer. Remember, hockey locker rooms don't last. Coaches don't last in there in long time. And you ask why? Because you're with each other a ton. At some point, guys just start tuning you out. And that's okay. It's 100% okay. It happens. It's what gives guys like Mike Keenan the ability to say, hey, we won the cup. See you later. I mean, Keenan had it perfect. Get the fuck out of here. Get <laughs> the fuck out of here. I'm good. I don't need this bullshit. When you fully look at this whole thing, and you say, 
I know Knights fans were upset. They had every reason to be upset. Because they only knew Gerard Gallant. Gerard Gallant was their guy. Right? He was their guy. They loved him. Granted, was it going to work? Long term? I don't know. I don't think anybody can know that. Was he your guy to start the franchise? Yup. Did he do a great job? Yes, he did. What did you get out of it? That's a good question. What did he get out of it? You know, hey, pal, it's time to go. Pal, it's time to go. You really start to wonder what really happened there. Why did Vegas get to this point? What made them say? I've said it numerous times on this show. What happened in Vegas? Well, let's not forget that they sat there and had a practice and the head coach wasn't on the ice. I meant to ask Danny that the other night when he was on the show and I forgot if he'd ever seen that before. I'll get that answer for you, but I'll give it to you next time we're on. Have you ever seen that? I haven't. I know I haven't. From years of going to devil's practices, I never saw the head coach not on the ice. I kind of was stunned by it, to be honest with you. But you look at the whole situation out there, they're set up. And now, as I said, they're building an AH, they, they're moving an AHL team to Las Vegas, building a marink. And they had double the amount of season ticket requests than they have seats. Hockey's not going to work in the desert. Thursday night, Brew and the Coach talking sports. Friday night's Friday night free for all. Saturday night, we'll do the weekly wrap-up, hopefully, or Saturday or Sunday, whenever we do it. Hopefully, Scotty will join us and we'll pansy out again like he did last week. Thanks for listening. This was the George Brew Show on Black Talk Radio.